0: Hey, listen to the Sound On Walking Dead podcast. This week, season three, episode 11, I Ain't a Judas, finds Andrea finally, 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 finally reunited with the Atlanta crew over at the prison. Does she like what she sees? We'll find out. And we'll also find out if we like spending almost an entire episode with Andrea. Hey, listen to the Sinosite Walking Dead podcast. I'm Simon Howell, content editor. I'm joined by general editor, Mr. Ricky D. Hello, everybody. And TV editor, Miss Kate Kulzik. Hey, guys. As we must always note, we will be speculating about future events on the TV show, but it is not based on the comics. It's not based on insider knowledge. It's not based on meetings with psychics. It's just based, based on good old-fashioned speculation by people who watch television. So don't be upset when we speculate about future events.
1: And with that said, we do review the episode. We do not recap the episode. So do be prepared for a bit of criticism. Also, I just want to remind everybody that Sound Insight is an independently owned and an independently run publication. So we could use your support. Trust me, it's a lot of hard work. And we struggle every week to try to keep the site alive. So if you do listen to our podcast and you like our podcast, please give us a rating on iTunes. like Please. It takes one second of your your life. And uh, you can also support us by sharing our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, et cetera, and so on.
2: Well, also, if, if you like our podcast, we would very much appreciate, as we said, an iTunes rating review, especially because, as is often the case, um, as we said, we we are critical in our approach because we like the show and we you know want to respect it and and hope for it to be the best that it can be. And so if we don't like something, we're vocal about that, which means that we have some pretty low ratings on iTunes because people want us – to like everything so if you do like our approach uh we would very much appreciate maybe helping to balance that out in itunes <laughs>
1: and i i listened to a few other walking dead podcasts and i like them just fine but i don't want to do the exact same thing that they are doing
0: so yes i ain't a judas uh as permi- as already mentioned andrea finally sees the prison this week so i'd like to take a quick straw poll uh how long ago should this have happened before now
1: I would say, I would say about three episodes, maybe four. I wouldn't go so far back as to the start of the season. I think that's a little too extreme.
0: Okay, I would,
1: but anyway. <laughs> well, but you know, like the thing is, The Walking Dead is notorious for letting things drag. I mean, let's go back to season two, at least the first half of season two, where like almost a whole entire season was spent looking for so- Sophia. And in this season, it's like the whole entire season is waiting for Andrea to finally realize that the governor is creepy as hell and not a good person, and she needs to get back to the Atlanta gang. But I really, really dug this episode. In fact, I think it's one of the best episodes of the entire series so far, even if it does center around Andrea. Um, I think that this episode basically sets the stage for the conflict that we are eventually going to get, if not. if not in the, la- in the second last episode of the season, then the last episode of the season. Because there's only five episodes left so far in season three. But I really dug it. And what I found so amazing about this episode, and I wrote this in my review, which you can find at www.soundensite.org. I encourage our listeners to read my reviews. Is this episode was directed by Greg Nicotero. Now, Greg Nicotero is a special effects wizard behind all- most of the blood and gore and the horrific and gruesome moments in the series and yet this is the first episode that did not feature a human death since the episodes say say the word so it's just interesting that the 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 guy in charge of the special effects the blood and the gore the special effects wizard Greg Natoro, directs one of the episodes one of the best episodes of the series and an episode that's so great because it is because of its small character moments and its small character beats i loved Every single exchange between all the characters in this episode. I love the exchange between Merle and Herschel. I love the the small moment between Carol and Daryl. I love the moment between Michonne and Andrea. Like everything just worked for me in this episode. And when I was watching the episode, Kate, I thought of you and I had a big smile on my face because Beth, (laughs) and I actually remember her name this week. She she had a moment in which she sang. She sang the Tom White song, which we later hear at the end of the episode. The song's called uh, Hold On. And and that was such a beautiful moment. And I know, like, last week, you and Simon were going into this huge debate about Beth not really being a character. And you're like, yeah, but when she has moments, like when she sings, the show really comes to life. And I think that was proven again yesterday. So, bravo to the writers and the director of this episode. I fucking loved it.
0: Yeah, I I'm I'm really... I'm really iffy on this episode, to be honest. Um, i not not. Maybe iffy's too strong. I just I didn't feel much watching it, including during Beth's song. And I love Tom Waits. I love that song, but I think listening to her sing it first of all, which was really awkwardly mixed with the original instrumental at first, and I couldn't help but notice that. But anyway, um, th- when she was she, she just kept singing, hold on, hold on, and I thought, well, what are we holding on to at this point? And I think the real trouble with this episode for me is it really pointed out because we had no Maggie and because we spent so much time with Andrea and because Glenn is off is you know now in boring hard ass mode. this episode really pointed out to me how few characters I'm now invested in, which I think is a real problem for me at this point, especially because i i I realized that Andrea made some progress this week, some long, long overdue progress. And Michelle was finally talking, which was good. But yeah, I I would be fine with, with the great majority of these people not surviving the season. And that's a problem for me. I think
2: this, this is interesting. I'm, I don't have an extreme position. This, this feels very strange for me to be in the middle uh, for, of the three of us. I, I've actually, I'm much closer to Ricky Simon than than you. And I think it's a, it's a testament to the script. Of course, this was written by Angela Kang, that we have a scene with Carl talking, and I really liked it. <laughs> that that doesn't happen very frequently, and that's not necessarily a a, 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 an attack on on the actor, but they don't think they've necessarily used him well. I don't think they've given him good dialogue that fits the character and that the actor is going to be able to really pull off very frequently but his brief moment with Rick at the beginning of the episode I thought really worked and that was you know, kind of like with you Ricky for me that was the first of several interactions that I thought were really strong and are ones that I've been waiting for, and I have I have some issues with this episode that I, I will get to. I'm sure that we will get to later on, particularly the no longer crazy Rick, so it seems. But Andrea was great. the the It was the interaction between Michonne and Andrea was long, long overdue, and. Uh, like, like you said, Rick, the, that brief scene with Herschel and Merle, with Carol and Daryl, with most of the various members of this group. If you're going to have a talky episode of The Walking Dead, this is how you do it. And uh, I, 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 thought, I thought it was just very, very well constructed. And, I, and for one, I for one, I really hope, I really hope we don't have to wait another four or five episodes to get the big fight. But next week, let's just do it next week.
1: Yeah, but you know, that's the thing. Like, most of the criticism of The Walking Dead series is based around the dialogue and the character development. And this episode did it right. And you mentioned Carl. Yes, that small exchange between Carl and Rick was fantastic. And I'm sure about 90% of the viewers were like, yes, Rick, stop being the leader. Like, Carl's right. And I love how Carl, by the way, gets an upgrade. Like, now he's wearing a bulletproof vest and he's got a rifle. (laughs) Like, every week he gets more and more badass. I kind of... I really like Carl. Yeah, I like Carl. I would, I would adopt that kid. I would never have to worry where he's at. I'll just be like, oh, he's running around somewhere. Who cares? Um, but but um, but there's also an exchange between Carl and Andrea at the prison. And because the reason why I love that scene is because earlier on, the governor is trying to recruit people for his army, and so he tries to get in this guy called Noah, who's like this fourteen year old kid. And of course, Andrea is totally opposed to it. And then she arrives at the prison and it's such a powerful moment because she doesn't i don't know what she expects but she did not expect everyone to have changed so dramatically i mean almost everybody is unrecognizable and she looks over at carl she's like hey carl you know still thinking of carl the sweet boy from back in episode uh, back in season 1 and in carl's Practically got his hands on the trigger of his gun. Like, it's like he's ready to draw. Like, and she just realizes that he's changed so much and he's not that innocent boy anymore. And that small moment tells us so much about Andrea, about Carl, reminds us, the viewers, how much has happened in three seasons and how much these characters have changed. And that's one thing that I wrote in my review also is that I think with the long breaks in between seasons and the also long breaks in between the mid season to like, you know, I mean, be- between the actual season and, and the breaks between seasons. Um, I think that sometimes we just forget how much these characters have been through. And if you reflect back on it, it kind of does make sense. A lot of times Their actions, decisions, and a lot of the things that we've bitched about, especially when it comes to Andrea, it sort of starts to make sense with this episode. And that's why I really, really dug it.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of disagree. I, I feel like one of my problems with Andrea is that sometimes it feels like she's living in the in the zombie apocalypse with everyone else. And then sometimes she's back in the pre-zombie apocalypse expecting things to be peachy keen all the time. Uh, which is, you know, why it seems to take her forever to figure out or to be basically told over and over and then figure out that the governor is messed up. Uh, for instance, you know, the the whole sequence with her, um, you know, pulling a Michonne on that zombie was great. And definitely felt like good. This is post-apocalypse, Andrea. Fantastic. But then, you know, at the end, when she gets, when she returns to Woodbury and returns to the governor's bed, and has a perfect opportunity to end, uh, you know, it's been made clear to her that the governor and Rick are a rock and a hard place, and something needs to be done. Otherwise, there will be many, many deaths. And she just plain old doesn't do it. Because I'm not sure why.
2: Yes, but I actually, the more I think about it, the more okay I am with that, and here's here's why. It's because what's been most frustrating to me about Andrea in in the past, you know, this season, since she's gotten to Woodbury, is her lack of agency and her lack of choice. So she's kind of just following around one person or the other person, most notably, in this case, the governor, and not asking questions, not having her eyes open, and really not thinking for herself. And this episode, we see a lot of that from her. She goes off to the, to the prison. She won't take no for an answer. She she talks to them, she, she and then she comes back. But if she had just done exactly what Carol said, or exactly what the Rick wants, or the other people want, then she, again, would not be thinking for herself. And I like that she decides that she can't do it. Whether or not she should... She she decides that she is not that person and cannot do this. And she's going to have to find a different answer. And I'm okay with that. If it means we get more of Andrea making her own decisions and being an independent person, an independent thinker, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Kate and I are on the same page this week. I mean, what? this ep- this episode is all about Andrea. This is Andrea's episode. It's one of those episodes where the whole entire episode is de- devoted and dedicated to one specific character, and considering they're focusing on Andrea, I think they did just about everything right. Everything that they could have done right given what has happened in the past. I think that the scriptwriter did a fantastic job. I mean, Andrea basically is delusional. She's been delusional or at best hopeful. For the majority of season three. But can you blame her? I mean she's been through so much. I mean she arrives at Woodbury. Which promises her a new life. A new hope. A community. And I can't imagine someone like Andrea. Just right away turning her back on it. Because she hasn't had any concrete proof that the governor is as crazy as he is. Yes, she's she knows about the fact that he kept his dead daughter in a closet, but let's not forget the fact that Herschel kept his family in a barn, but we all forgave him, the whole group forgave him. A lot of characters have done a lot of strange things throughout the run of the series. And the thing is, even with Michonne, like, yeah, Michonne wanted to leave Woodbury, but Michonne, as we all know and have said repeatedly in the podcast in the past, she doesn't really speak out much. She doesn't really, hey, Andrea, guess what? I I was snooping around the governor's office, and I know for a fact that he's a killer. She, like, you know what I mean? Like, no one's really presented Andrea with enough proof for her to leave, considering that she is holding on to this hope. That she will find this life, this oasis, which is Woodbury, and yes, it's false. But I think the reason why this episode works so well is because, apart from the beautiful character moments between almost everyone in the cast, when Andrea gets to the prison and she realizes how much everything's changed, and she she is basically greeted with a hostile Rick and Carl, and almost everyone's like, you know, not exactly welcoming her with open arms. Like they they put her to the, the floor. They. They, they body search her for weapons, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that was a, a real eye opener for, for her. I think she finally sort of like woke up, especially with the exchange between her and Michonne, uh, because clearly when she went back to Woodbury, it became clear to the audience that she is not in love with the governor and she doesn't trust the governor. Because if she did, she would have never have considered to maybe perhaps stab him in his sleep.
0: See, I, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 feel like all this just isn't enough. When you talk about how she didn't have any concrete evidence, well, yeah. A, they don't live in a world of concrete evidence. B, Michonne didn't need any concrete evidence.
1: Okay, so, so Simon, explain to me what they could have done different in this episode, given everything that's come before. I'm
0: not talking about what they could have done differently. I'm talking about Andrea and why I don't like her as a character.
1: But we know why you don't like her in a character. But I'm trying to review this episode. Has this episode? I'm not. I'm not going to compare this episode to every other episode in the season. I'm not going to.
2: No, but, but Rick, you, you are, right? Because you're saying that she, this episode, she finally has a reason to, a concrete reason to not trust the governor, but all before then she didn't. And that's reviewing all those previous episodes. And she had plenty of reasons to not trust the governor if she had had her eyes open. And they, the episodes didn't do a good enough job of, of portraying her as holding on to some sort of false hope. To have that be the reason for why she didn't, she she easily should have been able to figure out there's too much food here. Life is too easy. They they should ha- be having more struggle. There shouldn't just be a bowl of fruit just sitting out if for the first person who happens to wander in. There's too much. There was too much plenty, so they had to be getting it from somewhere. And so, you know, these are things that Michonne figured out in a you know within the first episode she was there she's seen the fight she's seen the, the 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 group the mentality that the governor has been abetting and trying to to build within this organization that, or this community so i think there's plenty of material there plenty of uh, enough things to put her on edge and then when you get the wall of heads and you get the daughter that's enough to push it over the edge
1: well maybe perhaps perhaps the wall of heads and a daughter and this is but all i'm trying to um, the point i'm trying to make here is there's been characters who have done stranger things and clearly she is delusional. She's hopeful. She she she's ignoring it. She's in denial. And, and see, but I don't
2: think they established that.
1: I think they do, and I I think this is why this episode is very good. I, I think this episode's excellent.
2: Yeah, this episode they do before then they didn't.
1: But I'm focusing on this episode right now, and I think this episode did a fantastic job in developing her character. And for once, she finally does realize. Like she snaps back into reality. She finally does realize that everybody's right. There is something wrong with the governor. We see it clear as day at the end of the episode when she considers stabbing him in the back. And I also loved the, the exchange between Carol and Andrea at the prison because uh, it, it's it's at the point in which Andrea asks Carol what the name of the baby is. What is Ass Kicker's real name? And she replies, her name is Judith. And then right away, Carol tells Andrea that she should basically murder the governor in his sleep when he least expects it
2: well prostitute herself first and then murder the governor yes so it's even worse
1: (laughs) you make it you make it sound so bad kate (laughs) but 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 that's a clear reference to the book of judith because in that story judith does the exact same thing she becomes intimate with the devout soldier of the king of her enemy and she murders him in bed except in that story she actually cuts off his head which would be really cool if andrea cut off the governor's head in this in, in this episode but but yeah apart from that religious reference there was also the exchange between uh herschel and merle in the prison cell and merle actually finishes off the scripture and i love that moment like i thought it was well executed i thought michael Rooker did a fantastic job in delivering his dialogue that's given to him And I really like his character. I think he's grown a lot since season one. Season one, he was this one-dimensional racist hick. And now we sometimes see a softer side to him. But I don't think anyone, I I don't think that any of the viewers, or at least not us, I don't think we expect Merle to become like a key family member of this group. Like he'll never, ever fit in. Uh, But it's nice to see him. Within the group, because he creates this tension, and I think that tension's interesting. So, that's another thing that this episode did well. I can't think of one thing that this episode did wrong.
3: When the governor returns, he's gonna kill me first, Michonne, my brother, then your girls, Glenn, Carl, the baby, whoever else is who left. He'll save rip for last. So he can watch his family and friends die ugly. That's who you're dealing with. Uh, first of
0: all, when you're talking about religious references, you've also got the title of the episode, which includes Judas, who was a character in Jesus Christ Superstar. So I'm just making sure everyone gets that reference. But anyway, uh, but also, uh, can I lay out my dream version of this episode, which I just thought of? So Andrea finally gets to leave Woodbury and against the governor's wishes... So the governor figures out that it's not going to work. And she gets to the she gets to the prison and she becomes convinced, okay, the only thing that we can do now is kill the governor. And she drives back to, to Woodbury and gets picked off in her car because the governor knows she can't be trusted. End of episode. That would have been
1: fantastic. What do you, so you're, I don't understand the point you're trying to make. Are you just trying to make a joke that it would be fun if they had assassinated Andrea outside of the gates of Woodbury? Well, it would have been a shocker. It would have been like a key character getting killed off at a moment that you don't that you least expect. That could have been interesting, but that would just ruin the rest of that would have ruined the whole entire season. I think How? Because because we've already focused so much time on frustrating ass Andrea and all the stupid decisions she's made, we need some kind of resolution to this problem that everyone will appreciate.
0: See, I think her finally growing up and, you know, figuring out, you know, wanting to correct her mistakes and then dying anyway would have been a fantastic dramatic moment. But, you know, that's just me. Uh, and speaking of fixing things, yes, we finally do have Michonne talking this week. But but for me, personally, it just made me more frustrated with all the episodes that she didn't talk. It's like, why are we just doing this now?
2: Yeah, I I would agree with that. But that doesn't take away from the fact that it does work well here.
0: No, I, I agree. I, I, that That's the thing. I was conflicted. Like, yes, it works in the episode. I'm glad it happened. But. In retrospect, it they really overdid it in the past.
1: I think it works when Michonne outright does not speak, but when you give her at least a few lines to utter, then it's good. Like it works because we don't expect uh, Michonne to have like uh, a five minute or even a two minute conversation with anybody in the group. Like she's not a person of words, and she's an outsider. She's a loner. She will always be an outsider and a loner. But that was fine. They gave her just enough dialogue. Uh, which is fine. Like, I'm not expecting Michonne to be like Carol or or especially Andrea ever, ever. Please, no. But, you know, um, this episode, like, I mentioned that nobody dies, but there was one really gruesome moment in which Andrea cuts off the arms of the zombie and, 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 and takes the zombie's skull and crushes it against a stone, which reminded me of a scene from American History X. That sequence, it's... I usually don't look away when watching The Walking Dead. I watch enough horror movies that I'm good with the gore and blood. But I had to look away at that sequence. I was like, I could not deal with the head being crushed against the stone. That was amazing. Gruesome.
0: I was actually more impressed with the prosthetic on David Morrissey's eye.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That eye was gross, and I don't know how they did it, but well done. Uh, You know what? Did Did it not
1: remind you of the Terminator, the first Terminator movie?
0: Yeah, a little bit.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I I swear to God, I kept thinking Terminator. But I do have a problem with his character, because in the comic book, and I'm not going to spoil anything from the comic book, but I'm just going to say that he's far more interesting in the comic book. And this whole, as I think Kate put it last week, the whole mustache-twirling bad guy image is just a little tiresome at this point. Like, I'm not exactly sure why they are taking this sort of approach with the governor, but I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not, I don't hate the governor's character, but I see so much potential to do more based on the original source material and they are not doing it. So that's kind of frustrating.
0: Yeah. I, I, I haven't read the comic book, but as I keep hinting, you know, there are so many characters in the show that I just can't see them fixing for me, even though Andrea makes progress, I still am annoyed with her and don't want her around. And I I feel the same way about the governor. Like I, I think it's too late to fix his character
2: unfortunately as much as i do really enjoy andrea in this episode and it's so wonderful to have you know competent useful andrea from parts of season 2 and and, and 3 back uh here it i don't have any faith that she's going to be the same character next week yeah, you know, I would like to think that that when we next see her, she's gonna still you know be as as again as full of agency and as uh, determined and as as uh, headstrong and intelligent as she is this week as we see her. At least I think we see her this week. But I I just have don't have enough faith in the writers to be to be true to that or to pick one way with her. Um, I'm curious what you guys think about that. But then also, I'm I'm a little confused as to what's going on at Woodbury in that right now it very much seems like. There's the governor, who's a bad egg, and there's his main uh, militia guy. I don't remember his name. It starts with an M, I want to say. Martinez, yeah. And the, and he's, you know, right there with him. I don't get a strong enough sense of if it's just two bad apples or if the, like, a solid, a really big chunk of the Woodbury crew. Like, so, like, if we took out Martinez and and the governor... Could it be happy, peaceful land in Woodbury again, or do they have more support? I can't tell.
1: It's tricky. Uh, I Well, I think they would need someone like Rick and his group to take over because those people, I don't think those people even know how to wash their face. They seem so lost and confused. I mean, it's like Andrea said, if you send them out into the woods, they don't even know how to defend themselves. They don't know how to handle a zombie Like, I mean, you saw how they freaked out over, like, the one zombie running through the town, right? It's, like, one walker running through the town. You have, like, 77 people in your town and everybody's running away instead of actually attacking and killing the zombie. But in terms of Andrea, I mean, look, I I personally don't see Andrea coming back in Season 4. I think her character is done for. And there's one thing that I find really strange about Season 3. What is it about the woods? Like, is there, like, a magnet that 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 gets the characters from walk of to, to walk from point A to point B like it's like they always go from the prison to Woodbury and from Woodbury to the prison nobody ever like I don't know veers off to the left or the right like and how does everybody run into each other in the woods like it is it that small because because like it's like Tyrese is like walking through the woods and he's like, oh let's who's this like you know like so basically tyrese is walking through the woods and he meets Andrea and and Milton and I was like how come every time someone's in the woods they run into each other this is so strange and if that's the case what about that Spanish family that we that we sort of had um, a glimpse of last week on the highway like wouldn't they have ended up in the prison if everyone else seems to end up in the same spot and um, I find that very strange and also in regards to Tyrese I was right last week when I said that he left the prison I told you guys
3: well
0: yeah you were right because you read the website
2: yeah we were disagreeing with you we were saying the episode didn't show it and they should have or the episode before. Either way, I, yeah, the next thing is interesting for me, the last thing I actually wanted to talk about is is Tyrese and uh, his appearance here. I was hoping for a more balanced approach, I guess, from Tyrese, and that's what, that's Sophia, I want to say, uh, who's with him. Obviously they had already established that of the four there were two who wanted to just take out Rick and, and the other two and, and keep the area, and then there were two that didn't. How come we get an immediate yeah that guy's crazy and not any sort of mention of oh yeah but they did save our lives
1: well actually if i correct me if i'm wrong but doesn't tyrese at one point say that it's only rick that was sort of like off the rails but everybody else was really nice to them and treated them well they sort of had their shit together except for their leader
2: i didn't hear that i don't remember that
1: yeah he he did say that
2: he did okay good that's something
1: yeah he did but I I now see the thing is is now that Therese is at, like here's the weird thing is that season three seems to be a lot about like let's get point th- let's get this person from point a, point A to point B and then get them back to point A like so it's like a total waste of time it's like for example like Herschel and Daryl leave the group just to get back to the group at the end of the episode Therese leaves the group just to end, end up back at Woodbury it, it's just it's so strange I'm like what is going on between the, the the prison and Woodbury is there some kind of mystical meaning behind it all? Like, are are they stuck in a bubble? Can can they not leave that 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 space?
0: Yeah, they're they're not allowed to leave someplace unless they go back to the place they were at first. It's like yeah, it's some sort of weird. It, it's it's like the woods. There's like there's a whole uh, there there's there's like the after the zombie apocalypse, the the physics of people's lives have have altered in in, in, an, in an unutterable sense, and we. You just have no sense of what it is. It, it's specific to the universe of The Walking Dead, and they'll never explain it either.
1: Yeah, I, I know. Like, we had this one really negative comment on our iTunes page, which is why I really insist that our listeners give us some iTunes ratings, please. But this guy was like, of course, he's like, he's a clear fanboy that just wants to hear people praise the episode, but whatever. He writes this, he writes this comment where he's like, yeah, but it's a show about zombies. Like, you know, what the hell, dude? But I'm like, you, there's still, a, you know, within the universe they create, there's still rules that they have to uh feel obliged to like follow you know they still have created a universe that's that is very similar to our world and, you know it's not like it takes place on planet zugaka or something this is like the planet earth this is the city atlanta you know what i mean these are humans yes they're zombies but in this universe there's these strange things that they do that sometimes just it does not ring true Like even if we were to be in a zombie apocalypse right now, I don't think either one of us would make some of the decisions some of the characters make. So it's really strange.
2: Well, and there's also with any genre show like this, they, they establish their universe. They, they have the, their show Bible, or maybe they're playing it by, by ear or whatever, but they, they, they sort of set a precedent and a lot of shows like this kind of teach the audience how to watch it and what to expect and what the general rules are. And, they haven't really established The Walking Dead as a, a, a show this a show where everybody is going to end up running into each other, or, or maybe they're just starting to do that now. But when you think of back in season one, that father and son, if, if we had if run into them again, or if all of these various characters that they introduce or they show, it's this notion of if we show you this character, they're going to tie back in. So you should expect to see them again. That would be one thing. But when they only do that with, with a few characters, it, it ends up feeling sort of disconnected or, or you know not uh, not consistent so either this is a world where if you go off we are not going to see you again because why would we or this is a world where if we show you this person it's because they matter and will become a larger player i feel like they should pick one
1: well but yeah because the thing is in season one and season two if someone left the show then we never i mean with the exception of michael rooker but it still took like two seasons to get him back But you're right. But in season three, I'm just I'm concentrating on season three as a whole so far, like week after week. Yeah. Week after week, everybody keeps running to each other in the woods. So It's very weird. It's like this magical like place.
0: Oh, my God. It's actually all happening in Twin Peaks.
2: (laughs) Speaking of uh, mystical craziness, did anybody was anybody else a little worried that at the end there we were going to see that Carl saw his mother in the woods?
1: I was a little worried. I hope not, because I I really dig Carl. I mean, I know the actor, like, no offense, he's not the best actor in their show, but I mean, he's also, like, what, 10 or 12 in real life, so not a big deal. But I I kind of like his character. I like what what they are doing with Carl. I love the fact that he approaches his dad and tells his dad to give up the leadership. Also, I like how Michonne calls out Andrea on her Messiah complex. And, you see, that's the thing about Andrea. It's like, does she really think that she can save the people of Woodbury because she's always been the type of person that needed to feel needed. Like she needs to feel like she's needed and she needs to feel loved. And she is the type of person that wants to be a leader, but the problem is she can never end up being the leader. So I kind of understand her frustration, but I'm just, I'm still like, I, I get what Simon's saying. Like we're still unclear. as to what's going on in Andrea's head, but I think the show uh, makes us maybe understand some of her crazy decisions and motivations. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens with Andrea next week, but I, I have a feeling Kate's right. I don't think anything's going to be resolved next week, next week with Andrea. In fact, I'm betting that Andrea t- is like, is maybe in like one or two scenes next week. I want to see more of Milton, though. I really like his character. Because the thing about Milton is, you know, deep down inside he's a really nice guy, but he is scared for his life. And also... One thing I wrote in my review, too, is the thing about Andrea is she's had reasons to kind of like, you know, if it was me, you or Kate or whatever, like, you know, we would have left the governor like a long time ago. But the thing about the governor is he's pulling her strings, but he's doing it by giving her freedom. Like he, he allows her a certain amount of freedom so she doesn't feel like she's trapped or that she's held prisoner. And that's what I find, find interesting about him, like the way he lets her go to the prison. But at the same time, I'm like, why would he let her go to the prison? Like, what would that accomplish for him? Like, how would that benefit him? I was a little confused about that.
2: Then she thinks she can trust Milton. And she thinks Milton covered for her, for the governor, you know, to the governor. She thinks she pulled the wool over his eyes. So she so he has a position of authority that she is not aware of in their relationship. Um, also, I I still think he, he will. He knows that she's not going to basically he knows her well enough or can understand her well enough to know that he can sleep easily. Right next to her, and she's not gonna do anything, you know. So, he, so there, there's that element in there. So he knows that she's gonna come back, and she's just gonna sleep with him again. And you know, that's at least for right now, that's their relationship, and that's how he, how he sees it. The other thing I wanted to mention about Andrea was that when you were saying Rick, about her messiah complex, you know, it would be nice if maybe they tied that into her past, his, her, her original life as a civil rights attorney. That would be interesting. But the show seems to have forgotten. That anybody existed before the zombies. This
1: is going to be my last point I'm going to make on today's episode. I think the major problem that The Walking Dead writers are having is they can't seem to balance the amount of characters they have for this one show. And we see it in in prime examples like last week when Tyrese all of a sudden disappears, but they forget to mention in her show that Tyrese has left the prison. And I think that's the problem. There's so many characters in the show that I'm not sure... If they know who to focus on and maybe they're maybe they're moving the series on a little too fast. Maybe they do need more episodes that focus on one character.
0: Wait, 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 wait. What what what? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the show is not moving too fast. Holy crap. It is not moving too
1: fast. You guys wouldn't want to see an episode that centers around Andrea uh sorry. That centers around Maggie and Glenn.
2: No, you don't. You don't need more episodes, and you don't need slower-paced episodes to do character development. You need better writing and plotting. I mean,
1: standalone episodes like um,
2: that could be really interesting, but I don't want to have more. At, before they got to the prison, sure. Now that they've established the the pacing of the escalating conflict between Woodbury and the prison, no.
1: Okay, so if we had to go into season four, Simon, yes. Which characters would you want to take?
0: Okay. Glenn, Maggie, Daryl, Carol.
2: Tyrese? Or Michonne? <laughs> uh,
0: I don't even know I mean I, I Tyrese is okay, but we don't really know him very well. I'll take Michonne, yeah, sure. And and may, and maybe Carl if, if he if he keeps up being okay like he was this week.
1: You wouldn't take you wouldn't take Merle? No. I I don't feel like I, I Merle I, I I don't
0: feel like I I, I think Kate said something to this effect last week, but I I don't feel like they've done enough work making him not be a different person from season 1 Merle. Like he just it doesn't feel like he's being played in the same way. And I it it's a it's a constant distraction for me.
2: And I don't really feel like long term you can have Glenn and Maggie and Merle or at least you can't have all three of them without constant arguing about it and I'm not interested in that.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. But the thing is, I think it's going to be a little too neatly wrapped come the end of season three if they eliminate, say, Andrea, the governor and Merle.
0: Well, they can always make things more complicated later,
1: <laughs> I guess. You know, it'd be great is if they need to do something weird, like Merle falls into a well and nobody knows where he is and he's sort of stuck there. And that's how they kind of like, you know, like he doesn't like something different, something like not like he got bit by a zombie, like every week if someone gets bit by a zombie and that's how we lose our cast member. It no longer, you know, is surprising. It no longer has the same effect. They need to, you know, why can't someone die outside of a zombie bite? Like, and outside of a gunshot bite.
0: I, th- I think we need a sequence where Andrea gets stuck in a black and white checkered room with red curtains and a dwarf. Oh, wait, no, that's Twin Peaks again.
1: Anyways, I really, 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 really like this episode. Um, I'm really excited for next week. I, I, again, I didn't watch the preview for next week, so I have no idea what they're going to do.
0: I did. I did notice that next week's episode is written by our by our new showrunner Scott M. Gimple. So I'm curious what that's going to look like.
1: But but you know, you say new showrunner, but he has been involved with The Walking Dead since the start of the series. Y-
0: yes, he's he's written some episodes for them. But he, as of next year, he'll be called he'll be quote calling the shots to, to to the degree that showrunners of The Walking Dead do that.
1: Do you guys think they're actually going to maybe perhaps kill off Rick? Because I read an interview somewhere. I think it was on uh, HitFix. I'm not sure, but anyways, it had an, an interview with Andrew Lincoln, and he actually said that he was worried that they were going to kill off his character because he's like, I have no idea where the show's going, but I don't like where the direction that they're taking Rick because he's batshit crazy right now. This
2: <laughs> is like, yeah, I, I don't, I wish I thought they had the balls to kill off their main character, but I, I really don't think they do.
1: As long as Kirkman
0: is such a huge influence on the show. I don't imagine them getting rid of Rick, especially since Rick is also the protagonist in the comic.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, in any case, uh, once again, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at sound on site and by following me on Twitter, you can get all the updates to what's going on on our website. Uh, Kate, where can we find you online?
2: You can find me at Twitter at, at the televerse. You can email me the televerse at com, and the televerse, which of course is the TV podcast that Simon and I host together every Tuesday also is new to Facebook. So we are posting, if you follow like us on, on Facebook, you can see that the different reviews as they come in and, Have some TV talk with us there. And Simon.
0: And yes, I co-host the televerse. I co-host sound on site. I co-host sorted cinema. And I sometimes say things on Twitter at sucker howl. All
1: right. So once again, please give us a rating on iTunes. You can find the link directly at the bottom of our website. Just click on the walking dead iTunes link and uh, we'll take it out to music. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening.
3: Soon be out here. A good shot. Yes, you are. You Yeah. If I say something, will you promise not to be mad? I won't get mad. You should stop. Stop what? You the leader. Let Herschel and Daryl handle things. You deserve a rest.